trial you've been through, God is right there next to you. In every struggle and trying time, God is there. When your world is falling apart and you're searching for light in the dark, know that He's never left your side. Know He's never left your side. Revelation chapter 2, please. You would. Thank you so much. Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to read the first three verses together this morning in God's Word. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things saith he that holdeth seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and that thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. I want to talk to everybody this morning about what the Lord's put on my heart this week for us, uh, for my name's sake or for Christ's sake. For my name's sake or for Christ's sake. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this assemble, Alina, of your saints. Uh, thank you for the faithfulness of this flock. We do pray for the services going on with the Deaf Church and also with the children, those services are important as well, Lord. And we pray that we sent your presence here today. We thank you for the sweet spirit that has been in thy house. And we pray this morning, Lord, that you'd give me liberty to preach. Help me, Lord. And help us to take in the message today. To listen with full intent, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For Christ's sake or for my name's sake. Uh, many Christians close their prayer, maybe you do this, uh, in Jesus' name. We're supposed to pray in Jesus' name, amen. 
or some will pray for Christ's sake as we end a prayer. But, you know, we labor in the work of the Lord and the gospel for Christ's sake, not for our sake. The things that we do in the service of the Lord are for Christ's sake, for God's sake, for the gospel's sake, not for our sake. Now, we benefit, obviously, but it's all for Christ's sake. That ought to be the goal of each heart to, for his sake, uh, honor him and glorify him with our life. And we need to see that afresh here this morning. I, that's what the Lord pressed on my heart uh, this week. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, we've, we've heard these verses, read them ourselves for many years. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. Not for our sake, for his sake, for his honor. Amen. And this morning I just want to talk about some things to you that maybe just refresh your memory. Maybe you're a newborn believer, you've just been born again, you're a new convert. And you need to get this truth uh, that we labor, like here in the book of Revelation, uh, for his namesake. Uh, start, start practicing that in your everyday life and uh, God will be blessed and he will bless you for it. As believers and followers of Christ, we are number one to forgive others Amen. for Christ's sake. Yes. I talked this morning in Sunday school that sometimes Satan gets a foothold in our life because of bitterness and unwilling to, unwillingness on our part to forgive someone that has hurt us, has trespassed against us. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, turn there if you would with me. Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul writes about the forgiving of others. Now in this assembly of people here today, I imagine there's several people, if not every one of us, that's been hurt by someone else. Something somebody did, something somebody didn't do, something somebody said, we've been hurt. And sometimes when those things happen, relationships change. I've seen it as a pastor in church where people will be close and good friends and something happens and you see that they don't sit together, they sit apart from one another and then maybe after a while they even sit on the opposite sides of the church from one another and they hardly will talk to each other, although at one time they were very good friends. But something was said. Something was not said. Something was done. Something was not done, and there's offense. And then what happens if we get an unforgiving spirit? We are all to forgive one another for Christ's sake. Not for our sake, not for our benefit. And we automatically, well, you should have heard what they said. You, you wouldn't understand, Pastor, because you weren't there. For Christ's sake, give it up. For Christ's sake, let it go. For Christ's sake, get it right. For Christ's sake. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. The apostle Paul writes these words. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Why? Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, to help our, to help our uh, visitors here today, uh, we don't have a problem in the church. I'm not preaching this to get a point across, you know. So don't think we're a church with problems. We're, we're not. As far as I know, we're a church. It's okay. But the Lord put this on my heart this week. Maybe he knows, obviously he knows more than I know. 
And he wants this message to come across to refresh us or to help us with our heart life. Maybe somebody you feel has avoided you or hasn't befriended you or for whatever reason there's offense or for whatever reason there are hurt feelings. For, For whatever reason, for Christ's sake, forgive. We have been forgiven of the Lord. For Christ's sake. We should be willing to forgive others for the same reason. Uh, How can we claim to be Christian people and be at odds with another brother and sister in the Lord? I mean, how can we do that? When God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. We have to remember that. Sadly, it happens all too much. But again, someone might be thinking or or even say to me when they shake my hand, because some people will, maybe. But preacher, you just don't understand what was done or said. Well, I remember this. My sins put Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Your sins, our sins put Jesus on Calvary. And you know what? He died for for us. He did his Father's will. And so we were forgiven for Christ's sake. You know, he took my place. He died instead for me. And so how can I not forgive somebody that's trespassed against me, the scripture tells me. I've heard this through the years as a pastor, of people that uh, are backslidden or they're they're, they're bitter of heart or they're distant and I've approached them or I've had counseling meetings with them and, and, and they have given me all the reasons why they are upset or bitter towards somebody else or have an unforgiving spirit. It's interesting, sometimes when you meet with people that are like this, they've had something in their heart for long seasons. And it's amazing how people can go back and tell you details of things that happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, in their childhood. See, they've never let it go. And they've, they've revisited it over and over again. And sometimes it's because somebody that's a Christian has done wrong or hurt them. I've got a book upstairs in my office. I'm just about finished with it now. It's called When Christians Crucify Christians. And it's meant to be a book of help to counsel people that are going through that emotional uh, draining of their spirituality. And too many Christians today are unforgiving. And it's very sad. It can be almost like a cancer, a spiritual cancer that gets within the heart of man and woman, people of God, with an unforgiving spirit. And let me say, as a pastor, I certainly understand the emotion of not forgiving someone. I, too, have had to be dealt with in my feelings and emotions throughout my life. And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful for the Holy Scriptures that work on my heart, made me willing to forgive and let some things go for Christ's sake. Remember what Jesus said, if you're not willing to forgive, Matthew 4, 15 and 16, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses, your sins. Listen, God has been too good to me. and God has been too good to you. God's been too gracious and forgiving for me not to be willing to forgive someone else. And I'm preaching this morning, and there's some of you in your heart and your mind right now, you're formulating an answer to what I'm saying right now, because you don't want to let it go. 
I don't know what it is. It might be something that happened in your childhood. It might be something that happened in a marriage. Maybe, maybe a divorce situation. Uh, maybe something happened to your family. Maybe something happened to your children. Uh, so, something happened that you have, you have been hurt and, and that, like, a, like, like a, a wound that has not been mollified, the scripture says. There's not been the uh, anointing of oil put in there to, to help heal it. Uh, it. It's just it's still in there. And you haven't let it go. Yeah. I talked in Sunday school today about bitterness, the root of bitterness. If you don't get it out, many will be defiled. Yeah. See, we don't want to grieve the Spirit of God in a church where God can't work like He'd like to. And we think it's a whole bunch of other things, but unforgiveness is one of those things that can just shut things down spiritually in a person's life and in a church. I want us to think about this outside of Jesus Christ, outside of the work of the cross, outside of the shed blood of our Savior, outside of His advocacy at the right hand of the Father for us, we have no standing. We have no prayer or plea before a holy God except through Christ. We have no pardon of sin except through Jesus Christ. We have no place in heaven outside of Christ. We have no spiritual standing or blessing at the hand, uh, from the hand of heaven our Father, saved through Christ and His Son. And so, why wouldn't we forgive somebody else? Now again, I have no idea if there's anything. I'm just obeying orders. I'm just a paper boy, you understand? I'm just throwing that paper up on the porch. I'm just the mailman delivering the mail this morning. Ephesians 1, 6, To the praise and glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Will we not accept each other for Christ's sake? Maybe even some have gone in their mind and said, well, it's not here, Pastor, it's at another church, or it was uh, another believer far away from here. In fact, Pastor, I don't know how I can make it right because that individual that hurt me is already dead and gone for Christ's sake. For the Lord's sake. Forgive him for Christ's sake. Now, here's the obvious question I want to ask, and we're going to move on. Is there someone you need to forgive this morning? Why would God have me preach this if there wasn't somebody that needed to forgive somebody? Is there someone you need to ask forgiveness of? Boy, that's a hard one. To actually go to somebody and say, hey, will you forgive me? I've seen this happen. People will go to someone and say, you know, God put it on my heart, and I need you to forgive me. And they'll say, what are you talking about? See, they, they let it go. They didn't, they didn't even know what you're talking about. Listen, for Christ's sake, listen to them. For Christ's sake, forgive them. Something might have been bothering somebody for years, and finally God gives them the grace to say something, and they want their heart clear before God. Listen to them. Free them up. Accept their forgiveness. It takes a lot of grace to accept forgiveness from somebody. I think it's because we ourselves know that we've messed up so many times. Who are we? But we, we need to let people clear themselves. So is there someone you need to forgive? And do you need to ask someone to forgive you? I can't believe God would have me preach this if it wasn't speaking to someone or maybe several someones. Here's the most important part here. Have you ever in your life asked God to forgive you of your sins and save your soul? Maybe there's someone here this morning, you've never been born again. You've never been truly saved. Oh, you go to church, you know a little bit about the Bible, you know a little bit about God, but have you been saved? 
And the only way you can become saved is you need to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and receive him by faith as your Savior. That's how you get into the family of God. So is there someone you need to forgive? Is there someone you need to ask them, would you please forgive me? Most importantly, have you ever said, God, please forgive me and save me? Proverbs 28, 13, He that covers his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Matthew 6, 14, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So, what can we learn this morning? We need to forgive others for Christ's sake. Number two, we, we should serve one another so I'd be better, so I can get more, so God will bless our church. No, for Christ's sake. Those are byproducts of doing the right thing. We should serve one another for Christ's sake. As 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 5, uh, the word of God says, And ourselves, your servants, for Christ's sake. You know, our Lord set the example, the supreme example of being a servant. Did he not? He came to do his Father's will. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20 if you would, with me, and we see the, the scriptural truth of this. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse 26, the word of God says, uh, but it shall be, excuse me, but it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. You know, you've heard me say this before, it just came to mind. Years ago, I had a lady in the church, she sent me a card, she was an elderly lady, and she was sick with cancer, and my wife and I would go see her, and uh, she sent me a card, and it said, to my minister, you know, I'm an independent, fundamental, King James, Bible-believing, you know, kind of guy, and I just didn't like the, the word minister, it sounded kind of effeminate to me, it sounded kind of like soft soap, it kind of sounded kind of liberal, you know, <laughs> and I got that card, and I said, to my minister? I was a young preacher. You have to understand, I've learned things along the road of life. But I was a young preacher, and I just didn't like that word minister until I looked it up. What a word. And most importantly, my Savior was a minister. The Bible says here, but it shall not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give us a life a ransom for many. Thank God Jesus Christ came and showed us how to serve. How to serve others. He also said in John 13, 5, after that he poured water into a basin. Remember that in scripture? And he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Here's the Lord of glory. Here's the Savior of mankind. He created the universe, the Lord of lords. He kneels before sinful men. And he willingly washes their feet. Thank God Jesus came to save. Thank God Jesus came to minister, and to serve, and sets an example for you and I. Say, preacher, I, you're asking for service. There you go again, preacher, asking for service. I am, because our Lord was a servant. Is the servant greater than the master? No. So we need to serve. Why? Oh, for our benefit? No. For Christ's sake. 
for the Lord's sake. Look around you and see. Open your eyes, if you would, uh, saints of God. Open your heart and open your ears to the need. Someone needs to be ministered to. Someone has a need that needs to be met. Uh, there are plenty of us, but who's listening? Who's looking? Who's opening their heart to ministry? Ask the Holy Spirit. I, I dare you. I double dare you. I triple dare you. Open your eyes around you and look for situations that need to be better. And you're the answer. You're the servant. You're the minister. Someone is lonely. Someone's discouraged. Who will minister to them? Someone is sick. Someone is struggling with addictions. Who will minister to them? Not long ago, I was talking to a gentleman, and he had come to our program, our former's program, and he had some relatives asking, why, why do you want to go there and be around those people? What do you mean, those people? We're all those people. We were all lost and undone one day. We all had our issues. And even after we've been saved, we're, we're not perfect. We don't have it all together. Amen. We're all those people. And they need help. They need encouragement. They need ministering to. Who's going to take a, a towel and gird it around themselves? Who's going to get out the basin of water? Who's going to kneel before some people and wash their feet, church? Well, let the preachers do it. That's their job. Yes, it is. Thank God I get to be a minister of Jesus Christ. But that's your job too, friend, if you know Jesus. So let's be a servant. Let's be a minister together for Christ's sake. Well, I know this lady. I know this fella. I know this situation, and it's not good, and I don't like it. And you ever stop to call him? Do you ever think of writing him a note? Do you ever think of going to find him and having a little discussion with him? In love. Hey. There have been lots of times in my Christian life that I had some issues of heart and I could have been out. But somebody cared. Somebody came. See, we say we care. But that we show we care. Talk's cheap lots of times. I will go to people that are out of church for a long time and they'll say, Preacher, nobody ever calls on me. Nobody ever cares. And sometimes I think in my heart, you know, they're right. But I always try to say, well, I'm, I'm sure it's not altogether that way. People care. But they don't feel that way. So let's serve one another. Let's minister to one another for Jesus' sake. Well, again, preacher, you don't understand the situation, and you don't understand what this one did and this one said, and you don't understand how terrible it is. Yes, I do. I do understand that. But for Jesus' sake, can you forgive them? For Jesus' sake, can you minister to them? Are there any sinners in your heart and life that need Christ? Are there any saints that need a helping hand? Does the church need any servants in the Lord's field? Remember, he said in John 4 and verse 35, the fields are white unto harvest. For we preach not ourselves, 2 Corinthians 4, 5, but Christ Jesus the Lord ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Something else about for Jesus' sake I want to talk about. 
we ought to be delivered unto the dying of self for Christ's sake. What does that mean? Well, Paul wrote this. 2 Corinthians 4.11, listen to what he says. For, which, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal bodies. Do you understand Jesus came to do the Father's will? Do you understand as a Christian today that Jesus died to his self? For the ultimate goal of the redemption of mankind? I mean, the perfect, lovely Son of God left heaven, the worship of the angels, and he came down here and became flesh for us and endured this earthly life for our sake. For our sake. Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He came to understand the human plight. He come to do his Father's will. He set the example, if you would, for us to die to self. Our self-desires. Jesus died to his own desires. He died in his, for his own interests. He died for his own concerns. He died for his own goals. He died for his own dreams. He came here to do the Father's will. Remember when he was under great stress and temptation in the garden, he, he said to his Father, not my will, but thine be done. That was our Lord. And you say, but he was God. Listen, he did that in his earthly, in his human self. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And he showed us the way to surrender to the Father's will. He didn't do that as God. He did that as man. He surrendered and yielded to the cross. He died to his self. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He, he meant those words. This isn't a play. This isn't a script. He lived it out. He said those words. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And I want to show you how difficult it was for the Lord, because remember he came to the disciples, and they were all sleeping, Brother Tom, and he said, Could you not watch one hour? But listen, he went back to his prayer. He went back to a solitary place. He went back, as it were, sweating great drops of blood under the stress and duress of what he was dealing with. And listen what it says. You might have missed this in your Bible. Matthew 26, 42. And he went again the second time. Did you catch that? Now he goes back a second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, this, uh, let this cup, um, if this cup may... Not pass away from me except I drink it. Thy will be done. I believe here as I read that, the Lord Jesus needed grace. It wasn't an easy thing to do. He came back the second time. Now if our Lord had to go back and hit his knees and say to our Father the second time, not my will but thine, my goodness, what about us? Can we not forgive people for Jesus' sake? Can we not serve one another for Jesus' sake? Amen? Can we not die to self for Jesus' sake? John 5.30, I can of my own self do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Wow. Jesus was so determined, no matter what, I'm going to do my Father's will. 
2 Corinthians 8, 9, Paul writes, And you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, <laughs> yet for our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Paul was the, the next example. You, you want a good example of dying to self? Look to Jesus. You want another one? Look to Paul. <laughs> I mean, those are pretty good ones, don't you think? 1 Corinthians 15, 31, Paul says, I, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. <laughs> it's hard for me to do that. Hey, I know me. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I want you to read it on your way out. There's a letter I posted this morning from um, Brother Adam Wells. He comes and preaches to our deaf every once in a while. He'd been a blessing. Oh, when he started coming to the deaf and, and filling in, we needed somebody to fill in when we lost Brother John 10 years ago. And I get different preachers to come in each month. And at least once a month, they get a preacher to encourage them, sometimes every six weeks. And we got people that, back there ministering to the deaf, doing their best, their hearing. And the deaf, they have a hard time receiving hearing people. We're kind of like the enemy sometimes because they've been hurt by a lot of hearing people. So it takes a long time to build trust. And uh, so I bring different preachers in. And Adam Wells came with his wife Karen. They were just newly married, no children. And he was just learning how to interpret. How to, and he wasn't very good. And, and they would say, that he, he's not any good. They didn't like him. I don't know the sign. Was it this? I don't, I don't know. He wasn't very good. But he grew and he worked and he ministered and he grew and he worked and years passed. And now he's really good. And they like him. And they'll say, boy, he's good now. See, I had him come to the tent last year and this year to be the interpreter for the week. And some of you just poured on blessings to them and encouraged them. And we gave him a good love offering. And somebody gave him some extra money. And they needed it for their little boys. I think they got three little boys now. And... and uh, he wrote a thank you letter to me in the church. Read it. It's on just a yellow pad of paper out here in the hallway. And here's what he said. He's thanking me for letting him preach because he pre he's the first preacher in Sunday school. And he said, Pastor, I know who I am. And I want, I want to thank you for letting me be a part of the service. I thought, that's refreshing. I have a lot of preachers who know who they are and they think they're something else. Hey, I know who I am. I know I needed the blood of Christ. I know I needed grace. I know I needed mercy. I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for His sacrifice and love and mercy, and patience and forgiveness. Throughout the years. Listen, friend. For Jesus' sake, will you die to self? Quit thinking you're somebody important. You're important to God enough to save you. I get that. But don't think, think too highly of yourself. Don't look down at other people that are struggling or maybe they're not everything they ought to be. But for the grace of God, there go I and there go you. Have enough grace in your heart.
die to yourself for Christ's sake. But preacher, they, for Christ's sake. But pastor, you don't know, for Christ's sake. We should take pleasure in our afflictions for Christ's sake. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm just about done. You've been very patient with me this morning. Trying to pull myself back together here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. The Apostle Paul writes again, a man who knew about grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, he says, Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul understood this. Paul went through all kinds of afflictions in life. Here's a man that had it all. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the up-and-coming leader in the Hebrew ranks. He had power. He had authority. He had money. He had position. And he met the Lord. And he got saved. And just, just as hard as he served Judaism and false religion, he turned that to Christ. And he gave it all for Jesus Christ. He willingly suffered. He said in Romans 8, 18, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul learned something. You know, remember he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he... He was at sea, nakedness, peril, all those things Paul went through. You know what he did it for? Christ's sake. He loved the Lord for forgiving him. He loved the Lord for changing his life. And for Christ's sake, he willingly took all the, all the onslaughts, if you would, of Satan against him. We're called as Christians to face persecution, according to God's word. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, Matthew 5.11, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. You ever had anybody say anything about you that wasn't true? You ever had anybody get on Facebook? You ever had anybody say something to you to somebody else and it wasn't true and they hurt you? And Jesus says, rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets which were before you. So we're going to have some persecution. Let us do it with grace. He said to his believers, he said, you're going to be hated, Matthew 10, 22, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, for, for Jesus' sake, for Christ's sake. Loss of life, Matthew 10, 39. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Loss, renunciation of worldly goods. In Matthew 19, 29, he said to his disciples, And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit eternal life. Suffering, 9, uh, chapter of Acts, verse 16, For I will show you him, I will show him, Great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Loss of reputation. We are fools for Christ's sake, Paul says. But ye are wise in Christ. We are weak and ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are 
despise. Even physical death, the Bible speaks of. 2 Corinthians 4.11, For we which live are always delivered in the death of, for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. You know, read your Bible. I'm almost done. Read your Bible. See what people endured for Christ's sake. And then we have a little pity party. We get easily offended. We get out of sorts over nothing as the people of God. For Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. Strive together in prayer. Romans 15.30 That you strive together with me in prayers. Unity of prayer for a church can make us powerful. I believe people can be healed and delivered and helped and rescued. I believe it. I, I believe families can be restored. For Christ's sake. What's our part in restoration? Or we just give up? We just pile on? <laughs> huh? But preacher, you don't know. Talking to the wrong guy this morning. You caught me at a bad time. You did. Because I, I, I'm not offended. Nobody's hurt me that I know of. I'm going to go over there and shake hands. And uh, this week things are good. Now I might be mad and upset and bitter at somebody next week. I might be the one with the forgiveness problem. I hope not. Preach a sermon and act that way. But for this week I'm okay. So don't try. <laughs> well preacher, they did this and they said this and, and they're doing this. For Christ's sake, forgive them. Help them. Remember where you were when Jesus found you. Die to yourself. Man, in order to forgive people, it takes a lot of dying. Because we do a lot of justifying. Amen. Boy, that's good preaching this morning. For Christ's sake. For Jesus' sake. Let's strive for the same thing. I'll conclude with this. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, great preacher of days gone by. How many preachers use his books and talk about him and his great ministry? But listen to his words this morning. This is what Charles Haddon Spurgeon had to say about Christ's sake. How much do you owe to my Lord? Listen. Has he ever done anything for you? Has he forgiven you your sins? Has he covered you with a robe of righteousness? Has he set your feet upon a rock? Has he established your goings? Has he prepared heaven for you? Has he prepared you for heaven? Has he written your name in the book of life? Has he given you countless blessings? Has he a store of mercies which eyes have not seen nor ear heard? I like this last part. Then do something for Christ. Worthy of his love. Wake up from your neutral sleepiness and this very day, before the sun goes down, do something for Christ's sake. I like, that's wonderful. And I'd like to repeat it. Christian, you're saved? Then do something for Christ's sake. Prove your worthiness as a Christian. Forgive somebody. Die to self. Serve the Lord and others for Christ's sake. Amen. There's so many things that we need to do simply for, for Christ's sake. 
We sing a song. I live for him who died for me. How happy then my life shall be. I'll live for him who died for me. My Savior and my God. You got enough grace, Christian, to live for him? For Christ's sake, do it. Let's bow our heads if we would this morning.